Morning, everybody. I am so glad to see you guys. You guys always look so good. I don't know. You guys just look, uh, just look happy. And uh, um, so I'm glad to see you guys here. I pray you guys had a great New Year's. Uh, my wife and I did something we haven't done in many of years. And I think it was for the best. I thought um, we voluntarily stayed up till midnight. And uh, uh, it's, it's been a hot minute since we've done that. And uh, um, I really didn't regret it till the next day. And then I really regretted it. But uh, we had a great New Year. I pray that you guys had a great New, new Year as well. We're going to move into our first series of the year, and that is called The Gospel. And we kind of talked about it a little bit last week. You know, we kind of got going a little bit, and, and uh, last week we talked about the gospel was for who? Everyone. Gospel's for everyone. So uh, we're going to go into a little two to three week series about the gospel, and uh, we're, we're, this is where we're going to start our year at. So there's one day, there's a father and his little daughter, and they were in a park, and they were just walking. And it was the first day of spring, and, and so they're out on a walk, and the daughter sees uh, a bird that returned from, from the winter. And, and the, the little girl looks at her dad and says, well, how does a bird know when to come back? And the father says, well, God tells it. And she's like, okay. And then they start walking in the park a little bit more, and, and see, she sees the grass is starting to turn green again. And, and the little girl said, well, dad, how does the grass know when to turn green? And the father said, well, God tells it. And they keep walking a little bit farther down in the park. And, and the little girl sees this beautiful, beautiful flower that's starting to blossom. And she goes to her dad and says, dad, what about this flower? How does this flower know when to bloom? And the dad said, well, God tells it. The little girl becomes irate and she starts throwing a fit and she makes this big, big scene in this park, screaming and crying. And she said, I pray to God every night. Why does he not talk to me? And the little girl just had a complete meltdown. And the father gently picked her up and went to a bench beside where they were standing. And the father leans in and he whispers, because most of the time, God whispers to us because we have to be silent and we have to draw in close to hear what he has to say. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. If you need a New Year's resolution, how about we make it a New Year's declaration? How about this year in 2024, we say, you know what? We're going to quiet ourselves and we're going to draw in closer so we can hear what our father has to say to us. That's my prayer this year is that we can do this, that we can quiet ourselves. Now, don't get me wrong. It's a little easier for some people than some other people, right? I am a person, I don't do anything quiet. I get yelled at because I am, I guess I'm a, I'm a loud walker. I don't even know that was a thing, but apparently I stomp around the house when I'm just walking, but uh, uh, I don't know why, but I, I don't do anything quiet. I'm, I, I just, I, I like the noise, but this year I am personally going to do this. I'm going to really try to quiet myself and I'm going to draw in close so I can hear what God has to say to me. That's why we're in the gospel series. Because to be able to hear the gospel, you have to quiet yourself. And so this year we're going to, look, we're going to do three different things. Number one, is we're going to know the gospel. We're going to believe in it. We're going to know that the gospel of Jesus Christ is accurate. It's correct. And then we're going to study the gospel. We're going to look into scripture, what it tells us about the gospel, what it means, what it can do. 
And then most importantly, and I do mean most importantly, for Gateway Taste Valley, we are going to share the gospel. Amen. Come on now. We are going to share the gospel. But to do that, we have to know it and we have to study it. Because if we go out there telling them about the gospel of us, we are not doing anybody any good. So we need to know the gospel. We need to study the gospel. And you better believe in 24, we're going to share the gospel. And because of Isaiah 6, 8, this is my personal verse of 2024. And I want you to, to look at this throughout the course of the year. And it says this, Isaiah 6, 8. It says, then I heard the Lord asking, whom should I send as a messenger to these people? Who will go for us? And then it says, I said, here, here I am, send me. So that's what we're going to do is we're going to say, send me, I'm here, I'm ready. God, send me. So what does that mean? What does that look like? Why is it important that we need to share the gospel in 24 and all the years after 24? It's because of this. There's a Lifeway study. If you don't know Lifeway, they, they, that's where you order most of your, your Christian books and all that stuff. And uh, they did a study in Lifeway Research. And out of Christ followers, Christians, 45% of them do not believe in the next three things I'm going to tell you. The number one is 45% do not believe that the Bible is the highest of authority. I am telling you right now, the Bible is the highest authority. What it says is true, what it says will be true, what it says has always been true. But 45% of Christians don't believe that the Bible is of the highest authority. Next one is 45% of Christians do not believe that the death of Jesus Christ was the only way to salvation. Now they believe it's a viable option, but they do not believe that the death of Jesus Christ is the only sacrifice that can wash, wash away your sins. I am telling you today, this is not a viable option. It is the only option. The only thing to wash away your sins is the blood and the death of Jesus Christ. And the last one is 45. 45% of Christ followers say they do not believe, or I'm sorry, they do not trust completely that Jesus is even their savior. Out of all three of those that I have read, that is the one that keeps me up at night as a Christ follower. That 45% of people that claim to be a Christian do not fully believe that Jesus is even their savior. And the reason why this is so, this is so hard to hear because the three things that 45% of Christians don't believe, that's the gospel. That means 45% of what they don't believe is the gospel. The gospel is that Jesus came that Jesus was king, that Jesus died for you, that Jesus has rose again, and 45% of people don't believe that. This is the gospel, and we need to believe in it. So what does the word evangelical mean? If you guys have ever heard this word, we're going to kind of look into what it means. And the word evangelical, it means it's salvation by the faith in Jesus Christ. That's what that means, and, 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 and it's the good news. And we talked about that last week, a couple weeks ago. But it's the good news. That's what the gospel is. It's good news. And in Greek, the word, uh, the word gospel, it's euangelion. If you don't know what that means, that means literally it means good news. And in the New Testament alone, do you know that the word gospel is used 76 times? That means 76 times they are telling us that we need 
to share the good news. Now, we talked about good news a little bit a couple weeks ago. Have you guys ever had someone come up to you and say this famous saying, what do you want first, the good news or the bad news? (laughs) Dumbest question anybody could ever ask. Nobody's going to be like, hey, forget the good news, just give me the bad news, right? How many of you are good news first people? Nobody's good news first people. How many of you are bad news first people? How many of you don't care because it's both coming anyway, right? (laughs) Okay, well, at least you're honest about that one. But no, some of us are good news. Some of us are bad news. Some of us, I don't care. Give them to me at the same time. What if I'm going to stand here in front of you today and tell you this? The gospel of Jesus Christ is only good news. It is only good news. That means you have, a, you have something in your life that you can, all right, I want the good news first and I want the good news second. It's only good news. Now, you're going to notice as we go throughout today is I don't have a lot of jokes. I don't have a lot of jokes today because we're getting serious. Because the good news is something that a lot of people just don't choose to listen to. If you believe in Jesus Christ, and you believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ, you should have a burden on your heart for those people that have never heard it. If you believe in Jesus Christ and you believe in the good news, you should have a burden on your heart that you need to share that good news with everybody. So there's good news. And in the New Testament, we had quite a bit of individuals that shared the good news. The first one was the angel. The angel started the whole good news trend in the New Testament. Luke 1.19 and Luke 2.10, the angel was telling about the good news. He told the shepherds about the good news, told Mary about the good news. He told so many people about the good news, and that's where the good news started. And then after an angel, if you guys read a little bit more in Luke, Luke 3.18 introduces us to John the Baptist. We're going to talk about John the Baptist, I think, in a couple of months. I think we're looking at the life of John the Baptist. But John the Baptist shared good news so much. Listen to this. He shared good news so much that he died for it. That he was killed because he was sharing the good news. They told John the Baptist time and time again, you need to stop with this good news or something's going to happen. And he didn't stop. He went to, he, he died giving the good news. Now this one, a lot of people I think are a little shocked by them sharing the good news. It's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ shared the good news about his father all throughout scripture. Acts 5, 5, 41 through 42, it says this. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they have been counted worthy of suffering, disgrace for the name. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house. They never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. That's the apostles. Scripture tells us that they never stopped. That once they started spreading the gospel, they never stopped spreading it. That is what we need to really wrap our minds around today as we go into the series of the gospel is if we are going to do what we have been called to do, man, we can't stop spreading that gospel. Even though people threaten us, even though people tell us that it's false, they try to to swindle us out of what we believe in the gospel, if you believe in the gospel, you cannot stop sharing it. Philip. Philip was somebody else that shared the gospel in scripture. We talked about him last week. 
Philip shared to the Ethiopian eunuch, and he told him about the good news, helped him read scripture, helped him understand the scripture. And then the good news continued. He, he took him into baptism. They, they found just a pool of water, and through the good news, he had an even more good news, and that was baptism. And then when we look at the life of Philip, or the instant that Philip was speaking to the eunuch, he was telling them, he was honest from the get-go. He was telling them, and he was pouring the gospel into them. And the last one is Paul really shared the good news. Paul had a story that I think we all can relate to. Paul was a man at one time did not believe in the gospel. His name was Saul. And Saul actually persecuted the people that did. Paul would go after them because of what they believed in. He would try to trip up anybody that believed in the gospel. He tried to harm people that believed in the gospel. Paul was what he was trying not to be, if you understand what I'm saying. Paul was, he was, he was about persecuting the gospel, and then God flipped a switch in his life, and then he went from persecuting others for the gospel, and he was being persecuted for his belief in the gospel. So Paul, it says that he preached all over the Roman Empire. He went everywhere preaching the gospel. Acts 20, 24, it says this. It says this to, that, that he said his life is worth nothing if he doesn't finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. One task of testifying the good news of God's grace. 1 Corinthians 9, 16. It says this, woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. So we established that we need to share the gospel. What is the gospel? Well, the gospel is simply the message about Jesus Christ and the salvation. Jesus is from God, by God, as God. That means Jesus came, he was sent from God, and he was sent, he was commissioned by God, and he is God. And that's one thing that we need to understand if we share the gospel. If you share it with somebody, you better know what it says. You better know that the gospel is the message simply of salvation from Jesus Christ. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean? What happens when you do believe the gospel, you follow the gospel? What does that mean? Well, that means, this is my favorite part of this entire thing. It means you are covered. If you believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ, in a nutshell, you are covered. God has you covered. He has your sin covered. He has your past covered. He has even your present covered. But most importantly, he has your future covered. If you believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ, he has you covered. Now, what does he cover us with? Genesis 3, it tells us if you, uh, everybody knows this story, but it's the story of Adam and Eve. The first man, the first woman, but most importantly, it was the first sin. So when they sinned, God kicked him out of the Garden of Eden. He kicked him out, but before he kicked him out, he did something. Genesis 3.21, it says before that he, he kicked him out of the Garden of Eden, it says the Lord of God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife, and he clothed them. He clothed them. In the face of punishment, God performed the first animal sacrifice to provide a covering for those who had sinned. That means it was a literal covering. 
It says that he took an animal that probably Adam and Eve knew. Maybe they named it. It was something close to them and they performed the first animal sacrifice and covered him before he sent them out of the garden. Why is this so significant? This is significant because this shows that even though you sinned, God is just not going to kick you out without covering you. He offers the covering through this instance of animal sacrifice. What comes from that though? That means Jesus now, because he came, he is our covering, amen? Because of the new covenant, Jesus, because of his blood, is our covering. And it tells us that, and, and we need to believe that. But there's also another instance in the Old Testament where God covers us as well. I want you, if you guys are taking notes, I want you to write this down. Sin and death exposes and abuses you, but the gospel loves and covers you. Sin and death, they want nothing to do but to harm you. Sin and death want nothing to do but to separate you from your heavenly father. But the gospel, which we said at the beginning, is good news The gospel loves and it covers you. So in Exodus 12, we talk about when the blood covers us again. Exodus 12, it says, the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This was a sign of the obedience to God. This is a sign of obedience that you took the blood of a lamb and you, you put it across your door frame. And when the angel of death passed over you, it would leave you alone. It would, it would not harm you. It wouldn't touch you. That is the covering that the blood of Jesus Christ offers if you're obedient. And now we celebrate the, fat, but the, the Passover feast that it celebrates this moment. It celebrates the moment that, that in Exodus 12 that it's so beautiful. If you, you think of it, you know, you, God knows that the angel of death is coming. God knows that the angel of death is wanting to take away his people. And he gives them a simple command, wipe blood across your door frame. And if you obeyed, the angel of death left you alone. That is what I'm talking about when I tell you God has you covered, but you have to believe in that gospel. Aren't you glad that we have a covering that's provided by Jesus Christ? I tell you what, every day, I I thank God for a lot of things. I tell you, though, I thank him more for the covering uh, covering that comes from Jesus Christ than anything else. Aren't you glad that he covers your sin and your shame? Just like Adam and Eve, they sinned. They were naked. They were ashamed. And because of the love of Jesus Christ, we don't have to feel that same, uh, that we don't have to feel that ashamed as long as we choose to be covered by his blood. Now, when you look at the word covering, what do we cover? What are are the things that we cover? You know, I'm I'm not a big book guy, but I do have quite a bit of books and um, they're just really just taking up space on my shelf. But uh, um, I do read quite a bit, actually. And there's one book that uh, I got from my granddad. It was, I think it, it's from like 1919 or 1917. 
It's a very old book, and it's an old book of old, old sermons, and my granddad would preach from it, and it still had the cover on it. It still had that, that slip cover, that cover to protect it. And so the book is still in pretty good condition for being, you know, over 100 years old. And, and uh, um, so I, I have that still. And um, my granddad, when he gave it to me, he said, never take the cover off. And so when we look at books, if you guys enjoy books, and why do we keep the covers on books? To keep them the way that they are, right? The covering on the books is to protect the books from time. Protect the books well, what, what other things do we cover? You got a car or a boat. You cover your car or boat when, it, when, the, when it's winter. Well, not really because it just rains here for winter. But we, we cover our cars and boats. What about our plants? What about our flowers? If a frost is coming at night, what do we do? We cover them. Why do we cover our plants and our flowers at night? Because we don't want them to die. We do not want our flowers, we do not want our plants, we do not want them to perish because of something that's coming to harm and destroy the things that we have planted, the things that we have poured into, the things that God has, has um, made bloom and make beautiful. We cover our plants and our flowers because we do not want those to perish. Now listen to me. That is the exact same reason why God covers you. He does not want you to perish. He does not want you to be destroyed. He wants to protect what's important to him. And believe it or not, I don't care what anyone has ever told you, the thing that he finds important enough to cover is you. It's you. What else do we cover? How about our kids? We all got kids that uh, if you have kids, you know, uh, multiple kids, you had that one kid that would not cover up, right? We, I'm not gonna say the name of ours, but uh, uh, we, we had a child in our house that it was like MMA fighting when we tried to put him to bed at night because he would not cover. He would not put the blankets on himself and when we put him on him, he'd, just, he'd kick him off and he'd get angry and he'd get mad and then you know what the first thing he said in the morning? Man, I couldn't sleep, I was so cold. And that drives me crazy. It's like, well, son, we, we sp we're up there for about 45 minutes trying to get you to cover, and you chose not to. And, and then, you know what? You, the first thing you say is you complain because you're cold. Well, this is where I want to go with this. God cannot force you to cover up. God gives us the freedom of, freedom of will. God cannot force you to cover up, but I want you to listen to me. God wants you to cover up because just like our son, we wanted him to cover up because there was coming a day. There was coming a night when that bitter cold was going to come through that old house and he was going to feel it and he was going to suffer because he chose not to cover up. There's coming a day where darkness is coming and if you are not covered up, you will suffer. I told you, I don't have a lot of jokes today because this needs to be said. God wants all of his children to cover up. Why? Because he knows what's coming. Just like when we tried to cover our son up, he chose not to. He thought he knew more than we did. Even though he couldn't even read a weather report, 
even though he, he didn't even watch the news and know what was coming, he thought he knew more than us, and he thought that he did not need to be covered, and we were only being covered, we were covering him because we were being mean. He thought we were covering him because we were being controlling. I want you to listen. Jesus, I'm sorry, God does not try to get you to cover because he's controlling you. He's trying to cover you because he cares for you. God is not trying to cover you and control what you do. He's trying to cover you because he wants to keep you from harm and he cares for you. But a lot of us have an attitude when it, it comes that God's trying to, to cover us and, and, and his gospel, trying to cover us in his goodness. A lot of time we're like, he's just trying to control what I do. No, he's trying to protect you. Psalms 9, 1, 1 through 4, it says this. It says, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. And God in whom I trust, surely will he save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. Have you guys ever do this when you read scripture, you put your name in the places. I challenge you to do that with this scripture. It just hits a little different. When you read it, I read it like this. Jed dwells in the shelter of the Most High. Jed will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Jed will say of the Lord, man, you are my refuge and my fortress and my God in whom Jed trusts. Church, this is a part that wrecks me every time I read it. Surely he will save Jed from the fowler's snail and from the deadly pestilence. Jed, he will cover you. It's different when your name's in it. It hits different. God tries to cover you because he loves you. And he knows what's coming. He knows the darkness is coming. He knows the, 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 the pain and the suffering is coming. That is why he tries to cover us. Then in scripture, it starts off in James 5.20 says, whoever turns a sinner from the air of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. You are whoever, and we need to reach the whoever. Psalm says, whoever dwells in the shelter, you need to be the whoever. But we also need to love and reach the whoever's. You know somebody in your life that they do not believe in the gospel. Do you know someone in their life that they're living uncovered? They are whoever, and that's who we need to reach out and we need to love on. Let me ask you a question. Are you sharing the message to the whoever's? Are you preaching the gospel to the whoever's? But most importantly, are you loving the whoever's? 1 Peter 4 eight, it says this. It says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over how many sins? Do you remember? A multitude of sins. Above all, love each other deeply. We need to love the whoever's because you are a whoever. We need to share the gospel with the whoever. Now, I said this in first service, I'm going to say it again. I really didn't think this through. Uh, I wore a sweatshirt and flannel shirt. So if I had go into heat exhaustion, uh, all of our medical personnel, please come up on stage. But uh, who, here we go. All right. When you think 
of being covered, what do you think of? A nice, warm, soft blanket, right? This is the softest blanket I've ever, ever had. Probably the ugliest one, but it's really soft. But when we talk about being covered, this is what being covered by the gospel is. Jesus Christ wants to cover you so the sin can't touch you, so the death can't hurt you. And that's what we need to do. And if you guys ever watch those old insurance commercials, like a, a satellite dish falls through somebody's car window, you know, a, a child goes for their, their, their teenager goes for their first car ride and they run into a stop sign. What does the insurance guy say? Don't worry, we got you covered. That is the same way with Jesus Christ. He's got you covered. He's got you covered. Next week, we're going to talk about repentance. I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a, uh, a head start on that. I'm sorry is not repentance. It is an apology. Now, I'm sorry is the start of repentance, but I'm sorry is not repentance. It is an apology. It is a part of the process. Surrender. Surrender is repentance. But you have to stay covered for that. You have to stay covered. You have to let God still cover you, even though, like my son, he will kick, he will bite, he will say things that he doesn't mean just so we don't cover him. But we know more than he does, and we want to protect him. That is the same way with God. When you are covered by God and you just don't want to be covered anymore, I want you to listen to this. The only one that can uncover you is you. God is not going to uncover you because you throw a temper tantrum. If you, the covering on you drops, you are the one that drops it. There's a lot of people out there that believe that, that, that God is the one that drops the covering. I'm telling you today, that is not true. If you are not covered by Jesus Christ, that is 100% on you. That is not on God. You can't blame God for not covering you because you're the one that's resisting his covering. Galatians 3.27, it says this, we're also covered by baptism. It starts with repentance. It starts with loving Jesus Christ. And then it says after that, you're covered through baptism. That's two forms of covering that God is trying to cover his people. Why? Because he wants to make sure that you are covered. He wants to make sure that you are covered from the sin that is coming at you, the darkness that's coming against you. Like I said, there's a time that the darkness is coming, and if you're not covered, you will suffer. There's no question about it. Have you ever thought of why we drop our covering? Have you guys ever thought of why we walk away from the cover that God gives us? You know, I'm in a, I'm in a group where we, we pray over our churches and then we talk about our churches. Uh, not that way, but, you know, we, 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 we conversate about what our churches need and then we pray over the, uh, all of our churches' needs. And, and um, there's a church that is on our group, and um, he was talking about this a couple weeks ago. And, and he said, you know, I am meeting so many people that are not a believer of the gospel because it embarrasses them. That is the number one reason why we drop our covering is because we think it embarrasses us. If I walk into a Walmart wrapped up in that blanket with my kids, they're going to be embarrassed. Doesn't mean I'm going to drop that blanket. 
but now my kids know that they will not go with me to Walmart anymore if I'm in that blanket. It embarrasses them. What does it say in Scripture, Romans 1.16? For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. If you do not share the gospel because you're ashamed of it, you're wrong. If you do not stay covered by the covering of God because you're embarrassed by it, you're wrong. Scripture tells us that I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can't be ashamed of it. You really don't think that, that Jesus was on that cross, half naked, bleeding? Was he embarrassed? No. He wasn't embarrassed because he knew at the end of all that torture, all that struggling, I want you to listen to this. He knew it was worth it. He knew that was going to cover his, his, the people that he loves. It was going to cover the, the, the people that, that he went to that cross for. He wasn't embarrassed. Should he have been? He had every reason to be embarrassed by the situation he was in. But he was not embarrassed because he knew it was worth it. You cannot be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to stop that right now. So when, in closing, this year, like I said, we need to make a declaration. We need to silence ourselves. We need to take a couple deep breaths. And we need to draw in closer to God so we can hear what he's saying. But to do that, you need to know the gospel. You need to study the gospel. Most importantly, we need to share it. I'm going to read a scripture to you guys one more time. I've already read it, but I'm going to read it again because it's very important. Isaiah 6, 8, it says this, Then I heard the Lord asking, Whom should I send as a messenger to these people? Who will give for us? I said, Here I am. Send me. That is my challenge to you in this entire year. Is God send me. When God asks you to go somewhere to share the gospel, don't be like, I can't. I'm ashamed of it. I can't. I don't like that person. I can't. They're not deserving of the gospel. Just say, send me. If I'm ready, send me. I went home for Christmas uh, a couple weeks ago, and I, I told you, I, live in a very, I lived in a very small community, like 60 kids in our graduating class. Nobody ever moves out. Nobody ever moves in. And out of the uh, 65 kids I graduated with, 60 still live in that community. And I was going, and I had to get gas, and I was pumping gas, and a truck pulls up, and a farm truck, and hops out. It was one of my best friends from high school. His name's Derek. Derek hops out, gives me a big old hug, and, and, and uh, you know, we got to talking. And I said, so, Derek, what do you do? And he's like, well, he said, I took over dad's old farm. And uh, that's, what, that's what everybody usually does where I'm from. They, they take over the family farm. And I said, oh, yeah. He's like, how's that going? He's like, well, he said, I, I don't really enjoy it, but, you know, it's been in the family for about 150 years. And, and I just, I wanted to keep the tradition going. I'm like, well, I respect that. That's awesome. And, and uh, Derek's like, well, what about you, man? What do you do? I was like, oh, you're not going to believe this. I was like, Derek, I was like, I'm a pastor. 
And he looked at me, he's like, you mean Jed, the same kid that got detention on his last day as a senior in high school? And I was like, sure am. (laughs) And he kind of looked at me, he's like, how'd you do that? I said, I didn't do anything. God prepared me. God educated me. God protects me. And because I'm being obedient, God can send me. And that's what we need to do this year is God's going to prepare you. He's going to protect you with his covering, which is the blood of Jesus Christ. And I am telling you this, God is going to send every single one of you. You need to be ready. Amen. God is going to send you. Be ready. Stay under that covering, which is Jesus Christ. God, as we come to you today in closing, God, I just want to make a challenge this year. God, I want to I want to pray over every single one here. As they study the gospel, God, I, I pray that you give them patience. I know sometimes when we're learning new things, uh, we get frustrated and we want to walk away. God, I pray for patience over them studying the gospel. God, I pray for understanding as they read some things that maybe don't make sense to them. I pray for understanding over the gospel. But most importantly, God, I pray. I pray right now, God, as they share the gospel with others, as they share the gospel with the whosoevers, God, that you protect them, that you give them strength, that you give them courage. God, I pray that, that they are not ashamed of the gospel. God, that they're not ashamed of who you are. And God, that they're not ashamed of what you have called them to do. God, every day we need to thank you for the covering of the blood of Jesus Christ. God, I thank you in your name, amen. If you do not know what I am talking about when I talk about the covering, that means one thing. You are living your life so vulnerable right now. You have nothing keeping you, nothing in between you and a life a life of misery. If you live without the covering of Jesus Christ, you are so vulnerable right now to sin. You're so vulnerable right now. You're so vulnerable right now not knowing where you're going. If you do not know about the covering of Jesus Christ, please, please, Soften your hearts to what he is trying to tell you through the gospel. I'm gonna be right down there if that is you and you wanna know about the gospel and you wanna know about the covering that God gives us in two ways. He covers us uh, through his repentance. He covers us through baptism. If you want to know more about the covering of Jesus Christ, come talk to me. Or what about you, the ones that you are covered? Amen, hallelujah, right? Come on. If you are covered by Jesus Christ, something great is in store for you. But what about the whosoever's that are in your life? If you are covered by the covering of Jesus Christ, during this response, I want you to pray over a person that you know that is not. I want you to pray over a person that you know is not covered, that they're vulnerable. 
it's going to hurt. Because most of the time, that person's so close to us. Let's stand.